Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-757-732. Hello, my name is David Tapley. And there will be no encore. Yes, that's right. I'm sitting in for my good friend Calm today because he has uh, chosen Cork over friendship, music, and is uh, not being loyal to the loyal listeners of no encore. He's a traitor, He's pretty a much. Traitor. I'm also here. Hi. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> hey, who's this guy? Hi, uh, I sometimes host the show. My, name is, my name is Dave Hanrady. And, wow. there will be Quite cra- the psych out there. <laughs> and there and there will be Craig Fitzpatrick. Oh, that's me! Yay! How's it so going? It's three of us. It's all very exciting. Colm's not here, yeah. But who um, is David Tapley? Craig, why don't you tell us about the person sitting in front like of you? Like the soul of the man. Sure, why not? Um, he's a villainous character. Um, untrustworthy. He's the mastermind fair. behind famously dormant band, <laughs> Tandem Felix. Yes, that's right. Much loved, much missed. What's going what on there? Say? Well, like any dormant volcano... There's always the threat of eruption at any moment, so we will be back one day. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but we will be releasing music later this day. Okay, <laughs> that's very good. Uh, he wants to go on the show to break his silence, and that's a broken silence if I've yeah, ever heard I loved one. it. It was very Batman-esque. Thank you. It was. Batman-esque. I don't know. 
I feel like you want to talk about movies, Craig, because I went to see a Batman film during the week. <laughs> Your favourite of all the Batman? Maybe. I saw Batman Forever in the Lighthouse Cinema yeah. in Dublin. I always get these confused with Batman and Bat- Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin was the terrible one, right? Correct. Okay. Now, so Batman people- Forever was the one with the amazing soundtrack. Yes, fantastic soundtrack. You two, uh, Homie, Throw Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me on the end credits. Kiss from a Rose isn't in the film, though, by Seal. It comes it's at the very end. the very end of the yeah. very end credits. They changed the rules for winning the Oscar, haven't they? That needs to be... There's some some strange stipulation, like it needs to be within 30 seconds of the end credits. That's really strange. Yeah. That's fair, though, right? I guess. You can just tack on anything and be like, eh. Maybe, possibly. Well, in this case, did Seal write... That song for the film. I don't know. I was too Is busy it? being distracted by Val Kilmer's angst oh. and Jim Carrey screaming in every scene. Yeah, that's true. Tommy mm-hmm. Jones doing his version of the Joker. Chris O'Donnell with a giant earring. It was all happening. Yes, it doesn't sound like a good film. I mean, you're. It's got problems. Yeah, it's got Nicole Kidman's character, who's the most sexually charged character I've ever seen in a kids movie. She is Who just, does she play again? She plays Dr. Chase Meridian. Oh, yeah. And from scene one, all she wants to do is fuck. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And she can't decide between Bruce Wayne or Batman. Luckily, well, the same could you? guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Problem solved. This is a film in which Batman gets shot in the head. It's weird. Gets shot in the head? Gra- I haven't seen it. That's how Val Kilmer dies in the end. No, no. <laughs> they're like, we better get a new Batman. <laughs> Let's get George, George, George Clooney. <laughs> well, like in Batman, your intros are usually very good. Mine today was better. Yep, good. good the on. difference? Showmanship. I actually couldn't remember the next Oh, one, showmanship. <laughs> Very good. It's a Batman Forever reference. So listen, there was another thing about a 90s film during the week. Our good friend Joshua Hughes saw something on Reddit, and it was one of those threads, and it said something to the effect of, what a quote-unquote good character from a film or a TV show is actually a horrible person. And Josh was disgusted that some 14,000 replies in at the time, not a single person had said Mrs. Doubtfire. Right. Of wacky family comedy, nineteen ninety three, Mrs. Doubtfire. Now this is not; it's not a new thing. Yeah, to it's be kind like of taken to, as red at this that, stage <laughs> as a psychopath, right? Well, this is the thing. I mean, like, there's a great article online uh, entitled "Mrs. Doubtfire is actually a dark film about an extremely deranged man," and it's one of those lists. And there's like sixteen different reasons why. I'm not going to read them all out, but what I will say is, you know, this is a film in which he attempts to kill Pierce Brosnan. And during the film, because you know Pierce Brosnan takes over his family or whatever, even though Robin Williams' character is completely deranged and terrible at being a father and being a husband. And then, later in the film, he tries to murder Pierce Brosnan. And you never get the scene in the film where Pierce Brosnan is shown to be like a horrible heel. Mm-hmm. He's just a nice guy. He doesn't deserve that. Yeah. It's weird. His name is Stu, which as we all know is more of a thick soup than a name. <laughs> <laughs> The way this is written out in the preamble, I assumed you'd gone to see Mrs. Doubtfire this week as well. I was just like, wow, quite the trips to the cinema you're having. I now. wouldn't leave the cinema until they put on uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. But like, okay, so I'm going to read out one of them, right? So one of the headlines is, Robin Williams gaslights a sad old man and breaks his heart. And it says, Mrs. Doubtfire contains one of the most hauntingly sad scenes in modern cinema and takes less than a minute. After Robin Williams shenanigans his way into working for slash stalking his own family, he, is, he has to take the late bus home most evenings. The bus is driven by an older, clearly single man, and they're the usually only two people on the vehicle. He seems like the sweetest guy. He compliments Robin Williams' hairy legs, saying that they're natural, healthy, just the way God made you. It seems almost painfully obvious that the highlight of this bus driver's day is flirting with a single Irish age-appropriate woman. Rob Williams never reveals his true identity to the man, and even politely refuses to go on a date with him in an Irish? Scene. Yeah, he's playing Irish slash Scottish slash whatever. Scottish, surely. Scottish. So, this this elite scene reveals that this guy is also a recent widower. Now, the problem is, he's going to figure out what has happened, and he's going to be devastated. <laughs> At the end of the movie, Mrs. Doubtfire gets her own television show. This poor man is going to see her all over television, and maybe, tragically, on the side of his own bus, check the credits to find <laughs> out her name, and realise it's a guy. It's going to crush him, and it'll be all her fault. 
Yeah, it's pretty dark, right? It's a dark film. Yeah. Even when I saw it as a kid, I was like, something's wrong here, man. This is a weird movie. I actually just watched, on a similar topic, watched Tootsie the other day. Oh, yeah. Which has a similar theme of <laughs> Dustin Hoffman has to dress up as a woman to get a film <laughs> role. But then the reason he gets the film role is because he keeps sticking up for women and women actors, which is, at the onset of the film, I was like, this is actually really progressive. But then after a while, there's a scene where, I can't remember the female lead uh, Jessica Lange yeah. is n- unable to stand up for herself and she walks sheepishly off to the side whilst Dustin Hoffman a man stands up for her and I was like I, don't, I think this is very regressive in fact yeah. but wasn't there that video doing the rounds a few years ago where Dustin Hoffman was talking about being in Tootsie and it was just like when I was putting on my makeup and looking in the mirror I started crying because I realised this is what it must feel like to be a woman and the pressure and all that kind of stuff and Jesus. he just like breaks down and everyone's like what a guy mm. there's a lot of uh, body horror in Mrs. Doubtfire as well yeah and, there is and kind that of, was yeah, there, more, <laughs> there yeah. really is like Cronenberg stuff uh, it's very uncanny valley to quote the article again your man says um, the scene where Rob Williams slams his body against a bathroom stall while he jams himself into a blouse had to have birthed at least two different fetishes when it was first shown in theatres. It's, 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 I mean, <laughs> I feel like Robin Williams sick. does a good job in that because you kind of do buy into Mrs. Doubtfire being a real kind of Scottish nanny for large stretches of that. Certainly I did. I was like, what? The magic of the movies. Yeah, isn't it? Okay. I, I got into it. I should point out at this point that we are a music podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. okay. There's music in that film, yes. I'm sure, somewhere. And if you want to hear us talking live about music and some films from the past, come to our live show on September the 28th in Whelan's, headlined by Overhead the Albatross. We'll also be performances from Dahi and Elaine May. €12 Euro on Ticketmaster. Yeah. And we'll be there. And Cullen will be there as awesome. well. Awesome. He'll be back. Yeah. So come to the show. What's been going on in the world of news, guys? Uh, Actually, well, hang on. Sorry. Before we get there, you went to a gig. We don't go to gigs, but you did. I went to a gig, yeah. I went to um, the Beat Yard Festival this Ooh. Sunday. He took notes. And I journalist. took notes, yes, which, as you can see from the handwriting here, obviously this yeah. is a podcast and not very visual. It is the worst. Uh, it, it looks like I was getting progressively drunker as the night went Were on. Were you getting progressively drunker? Well, let me tell you that Bex at 6.50 a pop, no, I was not getting very drunk at all. In fact, <laughs> I at one point favoured a bottle of water over some of that. Oh, my but, God. Yeah, so... To, to give this precursor, I got a ticket uh, half price, right? Because they, I, I feel like they needed to sell them half price, but <laughs> it, it actually was very full. And at one point, my friend Stephen said to me, "How many people here do you think came because of the half price tickets?" Um, it worked out well for them. Yeah, in in summary, though, it was thirty quid, and thirty quid to see air is about worth it. Everything else that happened is fairly. I just saw lots of people in, like, sailor hats. Yeah, there must have been some free sailor hats. You didn't get one? I did not get one. That's pretty. I did not bring my sailor hat that I actually do own from (laughs) a childhood Halloween costume. (laughs) um, Yeah, so I... I, First thing I saw as I was... I I did a... I I cased the joint to start off, and I went into the... As they seem to have now at a lot of these festivals, they have a sort of a speaking tent, not necessarily a poetry or comedy tent, but... um, in this particular one, there was a caramel making class. And the first thing, music podcast, I know, but caramel. <laughs> no, let's go deep on let's this. Come on, on, I want to know. So I, I, I learned that it, it, it's very hard to cook, but it burns easily and can turn black. And you don't want that because it goes bitter. And at which point I turned around and walked back outside. <laughs> um, I got a, a, a guy, usually at these festivals, you know, there's a lot of debauchery going on. And a guy came up and tried to push one of his organic delicious smoothies on me. <laughs> and when I said no, he replied, are you sure? 
So um, I was very sure. Yeah, if, <laughs> if a random bloke is just pushing organic shit your way, you're just kind of like, uh, I don't mm. know. What went into this? What kind of, you know, practices and kind of standards and health? Uh, yeah, do they have an oxygen bar, though? They did not have an oxygen ah, bar. Ah, but some guys. shirtless guy. They didn't. Barely a festival. Being yeah. creepy. Um, so the first person I saw was Toots in the Mate Halls, who, according to him, played just their number ones. Oh, <laughs> at shit. Po- at which point my friend turned to me and said, in which country? <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, That was a funny one, because while he's a, a, a very old man, he's still kicking out the jams at, uh, in his old age. He didn't know the names of his musicians, apparently, and kept referring to them as his musicians, <laughs> my musicians. I love that. Which it's old great. school. Um, yeah. Oh, so Toots. It's got, it's, I, I, I don't know. I may be out in my estimation of reggae music here, but it's got <laughs> such a short shelf life in, in in a live setting. It was like 20 minutes. So I was like, maybe I love reggae. This is a lot <laughs> maybe, of fun. Yeah. And then It's a life-altering kind of realisation. Yeah. And 10 minutes later, I realised, no, no, this is not going anywhere. So <laughs> there was good vibes, though, and he told us to believe in the God Almighty, so I left feeling very positive after that. Jeez. Um, but yes, he also said, he also said, I love Jamaica like I love Ireland. And the UK. <laughs> <laughs> He's all about the love. Um, so that was that was the first thing I saw. Uh, <laughs> then I went inside, which they have an inside area now, which everyone ran to as it started to rain. And it so was basket like, weaving now or something. It wasn't basket weaving. It was some old chap. I use the word chap. I won't write. Uh, read out what I wrote down in my notebook. But um, it was like neon blue and purple. The only drinks they sold were. Red Bull and vodka. It was like my 21st all over again. It was like, it was pretty poor. Anyway, we just waited for the rain to subside. And then... It's getting increasingly grim, my lord. Yeah. And then, yeah. the worst day ever. I know, I know. So Did it get better? It got slightly better. Uh, Morsheba played, and we went back outside to see Morsheba. And they had, my favourite thing of that set was they had a disco ball. You know, you think a disco ball. What is a disco ball's one main function except for the, the lights, you know? When you think of a disco ball, what is it doing? It's spinning, spinning right? Yeah. Yeah. This disco ball was just like propped on a cymbal stand and it was like five feet off the ground. <laughs> it was the laziest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's not fulfilling its disco ball destiny. It's like, not, no. Uh, it's, anyway. just, it's just a ball, really. Um, so then we, we waited around for a bit. I think I, at this point I broke the bank and got one of those sweet, sweet becks. And uh, <laughs> my God. Air were the headliner for the Sunday night. And that was absolutely terrific. I have to admit, it was... Worth the price of the ticket alone. And uh, yes, I implore you, go see this band at your nearest convenience. Same time next year at Peter, then, yeah? Same time, same pier. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah. We were about to talk about the death of Glen Campbell. Yeah, but we had to go to a cheerier place, kind of. <laughs> but now let's go there. <laughs> let's go there. Uh, yeah, sad news this week. Obviously, um, Glen Campbell, country uh, megastar, really. Um, revered kind of singer. Um, passed away at the age of 81. Uh, this is six years after he kind of publicly revealed that he was suffering from Alzheimer's disease and he was obviously progressively getting worse. So, you know, you, it's a, a tough thing to say, but in this kind of situation, it seems like it was probably a release for him. Mm. Um, I mean, just such an influential guy who's kind of, you know, really peaked in the 60s in terms of popularity, but even prior to that, uh, he had a kind of big impact on a lot of the kind of American rock stars of the 60s and 70s and kind of cross genre borders and things like that. Um, Wichita Lineman one of the greatest songs of all time absolute tune yeah definitely fantastic I was actually only thinking about this on my way here that you know in the past couple of years there's obviously been a lot of famous rock star deaths and in the case of both Bowie and Leonard Cohen they've kind of done this thing that 
just released albums before they've passed on. And in both cases, they're like, you know, cryptic sort of, you know, I know I'm going to die and you guys don't know this yet. Yeah. Whereas Glenn Campbell was kind of the opposite, that when he um, got Alzheimer's, he released a song that's called I'm Not Going to Miss You. Yeah. Which is so sad if you've ever listen to the song or seen the music video it's yeah it's really really tear jerking stuff yeah and there was that whole documentary around his kind of final tour which mm. he knew was going to be his final tour and you could see how his family were kind of trying to guide him through that and as is often the case you know with people with Alzheimer's like music stays with them so he would go and perform and be brilliant and then he'd struggle to re- you know recall family members that were around him so it was really sad stuff but um, yeah an immense an immense singer uh, an immense talent and um, yeah <clears throat> sorry to see him go there's been a lot of um, dedications on Twitter and such, but yeah. I just want to announce that he's uh, received the greatest accolade of all, <clears throat> and that is that myself, my friend Ushin, and my friend Kevin rewrote Wichita Lineman <laughs> into a football chant called Worcestershire Linesman, and I'm going to recite that for you now. I am the linesman for Notts County. I patrol the sideline, squinting in the sun for another early run. I put my flag up when I want to. I put my flag up all the time. And the Worcestershire linesman is calling off said. Thank you very much. Well done. That was very... I can't think of a more Worcestershire beautiful tribute. Especially on this episode because we don't have an album to review this week. So spoilers, early spoilers, ladies and gentlemen. Instead of reviewing an album this week because quite frankly I was not going near the fucking new Randy Newman record because life's just too short. It's very, very good. Get Get out of the studio. Get on that. (laughs) (laughs) My God. He's great. What do you know about Randy Newman? Let's talk about it. He's got that really annoying voice and he's... Such a good songwriter. Such a good songwriter. I'm sure he is, but nonetheless. Hang on. Let's talk about something, Craig. Yeah. Because let's go. Friend of the show, Zara Hederman. Right? Yes. She said that she was going through your Spotify. Yeah. Your recently played <sighs> artists, okay, and the vast majority of them were like you know Johann Sebastian Bach and all these lads, and she was like, <laughs> letting everybody said that Craig is not the most cultured of the no encore. Oh boys. yeah, yeah. And I said to myself, something's up here. Something was up. Yeah. Uh, you, did you ever get like some like a song stuck in your head, but there was no lyrics, so you had no way of like typing it out, or you'd know way of actually getting a piece of the actual music so okay. you could Shazam it. So it's are, you just, about to, are, you, are you about to like fucking pitch me an app on, Dra- on Dragon's Den? <laughs> no, <laughs> if only there was such an app. I don't know how you'd figure out the algorithms for this thing, though. So yeah, this um, kind of beautiful choral piece of two women singing that was definitely in some ads back in the day. I thought it was like MNS, like this is not just... Uh, blah 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 mm-hmm. thing. It's a um, really gorgeous thing. Got stuck in my head. Life you live. Got stuck <laughs> in my head for half one in the morning <laughs> earlier this week, and I was like, I, I must find this. I knew it was classical, right? That's, That's all I had to go. It down, yeah. So I hit Spotify and um, spent two hours going through like, <laughs> like the hundreds, you know. Any kind of playlist that was like, these are the classical pieces, you should know. It's like, well, it's got to crop up. If I know it, it must be one of these easily recognizable things. Did you find it? I found it. <laughs> and? And it's um, the flower duet. It's from the opera Lacme. And I listened to 30 seconds and I went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Unemployment treating Craig well then. Okay, so Liam Gallagher is back in the news. And as a matter of fact, before we even get to this one, I saw him today. The headline was, fuck the sea, says Liam Gallagher. <laughs> Uh, he he's said, brilliant. I'm not going in there. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's not into water, Why I not? suppose. He had an incident when he was a kid, I think. Did he? Oh, yeah, where 
I don't know, he struggled in a pool or something like that. Okay, well, he pulls no punches and takes no prisoners, according to the really badly written first line of this story. Uh, his his Twitter is a veritable smorgasbord of cryptic insults. I wouldn't say they're that cryptic at all. Acerbic reflections in everyday life and profoundly laden rants directed at his brother Noel and anything which gets under his skin. Now, he's been giving out about James Corden and Carpool Karaoke. My favourite comedian and show? Surely not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would. it's probably fair to say you don't agree with Lee Me G on too much, Dave. But that you is, certainly are with him in this. That is true, yeah. Yeah, so he was kind of asked in this GQ um, article, would he go on Carpool Karaoke? Everyone seems to be, you know, chomping at the bit to get on this and, like, sing with James Corden, who always, by the way, overpowers the singers in the car with him. Did you not notice this? It's, it's supposed th- to be about the... It is one of those things, though, that I think he does it because people go, you know that guy James Corden is? A- he's actually, actually really good. Yeah, really It's what I do on this show every <laughs> single week. Very much so. Well, Liam Gallagher was asked, would he go on it? He said, no, thank you very much. No fucking chance, mate, with that fat bloke from Kevin and Perry. Now, Craig, as you said last week, we're very progressive these days. We are. And therefore, we think the fat shaming thing is not cool, Liam. It isn't cool, no. Is um, he in Kevin and Perry? No, he's not. At okay. this point, the GQ article says his partner, Debbie, said to have interjected to say, it's called Gavin and Stacey, and you've never watched it. <laughs> <laughs> said like someone that is just sick of his antics. <laughs> um... Galler concluded, I don't need to watch it. No, I won't like it. James Corden is a knobhead. He also talked about your favourite genre, grime. Yeah, he's not really too into the grime, but he says, my kids effing love grime music. Stormy, uh, Stormzy, Skepta, he seems pretty mad. I like him. They also like that bloke, WhatsApp Ricky. You know, the American geezer, stylish, funny, gulty. He was talking about ASAP Rock. Is, kind of, is he kind of doing a racism here? Can we get one, can we get one racism charges? Like, is that For possible? what, exactly. What's up, Ricky? Is just just feels like it's a little bit like you know. I'm trying to start something here, Craig. I'm trying, <laughs> I, I, I American be... geezer? No, I don't think you can do him on that. Really, okay, you fine, can do him on fine. a lot of other charges, but true enough. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I don't get it. I don't get the Liam Gallagher reverie. We've talked about it before on the show. You know, you're you're kind of like you know you want him around, don't you? I do like him around. Yeah. Um, he says kind of bizarrely kind of he says such strange things that you uh, no one else says. Like kind of cosmic, almost vaguely cosmic sounding. Like you kind of like he knows something about the the universe. Tapia, then I feel you like you were going to go down that kind of bad boy indie rock route, mm. and then you saw that he was doing. You thought I better do something else. It's been done. Yeah. There's no point. So and then the good boy indie rock route. The good boy indie rock route. Yeah. I like That's it. Right. Clean cut. Very clean. Uh, speaking of clean music and something that really annoyed me this summer, Baby Driver, the film Baby Driver. Mm. Seems problem at movies on the show. Not a fan. Everyone seems to love it. I thought it was trash. Uh, the more I think about it, the more I think it's genuinely hateful. And it's getting fucking sued. So, yeah, good enough for you, lads. Yeah, lawsuit's been brought against Sony. Um, it's alleging that the studio unlawfully used the T-Rex song, Deborah in um, the music-centric action movie, Baby Driver. This is the thing. I haven't seen it now, but it's, what puts me off is that the music is so kind of central to it, and it seems quite gimmicky and quite, like, aren't we great, being a bit ironic. Tons of that. Just, and know. not only that, but, like, his whole gimmick is that, like, he has uh, earphones in all the time to deal with his tinnitus. 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 Yeah. One or the other. <laughs> And uh, he's got a collection of, of iPods dating back to the very first ones, et cetera, et cetera. You know, mm. has his playlist, has his tunes, everything for every occasion. And he wears the fucking terrible iPod earphones that you get when you buy an iPod. Yeah. Spend. If you're suffering that bad, he's, he's you're a not criminal getting money. Yeah. Buy a pair of fucking over ears or something, no? He has to drive, though, you know? So what, you need, like, the worst possible earphones available? To be yeah, that's right, Apple earphones. I'm coming for you. They're terrible. <laughs> what kind of songs feature that have been cleared, unlike this T-Rex song? Deborah like, by Beck. Yeah. 
I don't remember because I was really bored and I just thought it was like really obnoxious. Is there even one kind of scene where you're like, that's a clever use of this? Or is it just so constant that there's none of those no, moments? No, it's like it's not bad. I, I felt the soundtrack should have been better. But like Edgar Wright, I mean, he's known for his kinetic style. It's all that kind of stuff. But it's just, it's a very, very proud of itself movie with no real characters. And It's kind of yeah. being done with the Guardians of the Galaxy like cassette player thing. They do it better. It? Yeah. They do it better, to be fair. And I mean, like, you know, even with Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which came out this year, I was like, oh, I don't know. I mean, like, you know, whatever. But I actually thought it was really good. Just that. Songs are very good too. Do the Guardians of the Galaxy films do the whole movement synced up to the music like they do in Baby Drop? Uh, that was my a little least, least favourite thing about it. I thought it was a little bit. Was yeah, okay. kind of. I mean, like the opening sequence is like ELO, Mr. Blue Sky, while yes. there's a fight going on. But you're following like the kind of baby group thing. Well, you know, it's, yeah. I guess a way to save on budget and have a good opening credit sequence. Okay. But they do it better. It actually works. Baby Driver just felt like, you know, we're fucking cool, aren't we? Yeah. And they're not. Yeah, it seems like a lot of ingredients from other films that worked really well and just like this mash of stuff. I don't know. In other film news, um, the comedic genius predominantly known for B-movie, uh, Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld, now, if you're back any. <laughs> yeah, is now hugging people, Dave. I hope I, I hope to get one. <laughs> um, we Would talked, you hug him? Oh, I'd love to hug Jerry, yeah. Um, like, he wouldn't enjoy it, actually, so I probably wouldn't love it. Yeah. Um, we talked about his, you know, famous kind of rejection of a hug from Kesha recently enough uh, where she just kind of came up to him when he was on a red carpet being interviewed and uh, basically said you know I love you so much hug and he was like eh, no thank you politely declined um, she said kind of afterwards I've seen that kind of Seinfeld episode I should have known mm. um, maybe you should stop hugging people oh no it's great I'm going to continue to be a hugger but he's now uploaded a photo of himself in front of a mural of um, that very incident and it shows a comedian hugging his manager which is a nice gag there from the gag monster so still no hug for Kesha <laughs> no Okay, maybe he'll buy her a new album when it comes out mm. next week, ah, or is it nice tomorrow? Plug for cash. Is it today? <laughs> I think it's out now. Okay, time in all good record stores and streaming services. Craig, Excellent. Re- record stores are a thing of the past, Excellent. but a thing of the present is, of course, our glorious songs of the week. Now, a bumper songs of the week this week because, again, no album, and I figure we can kind of settle this one into two sections. I suppose. Yeah, very much so. Which what section do you want to do first? Um, will we start with the thing that will leave a, an awful taste in her? Yeah, okay. And, yeah, okay. You've named this... Uh, fish in a Barrel Corner. And why is that? <laughs> because here's picture this. <laughs> she lives at 95 The year that I came alive And I see her every night She's mine Yeah, she's mine That's 95 by Picture of This. Um, ingenious lyrics there where I, a girl living at number 95 and it reminds him of being the born. he was alive. Because yeah, he's only 21. Holding back her hair while she gets sick. My girl. That's where it fell apart for me. That's where it <laughs> fell apart for a lot of people, <laughs> I would say. Let's talk about this. Well, my friends, Picture This. You know, if you've heard the podcast recently or followed my Twitter, you'll know that I vowed to not talk about them anymore. Yeah, but on my own podcast, when a song like this drops into my lap, you gotta talk about it. Now, I will say this. It's better than the next song we're going to talk about, but that doesn't mean it's good, because it isn't good. It's Mm. terrible. And I'm not going to, you know, just state the obvious any further, because there's no point, but I'm just baffled. I'm baffled. This is 
like walking into a pub and walking out immediately when some fucking 12-year-old in the corner is trying to do their first song. And this is supposed to be like, you know, the big single to, you know, tease the album for this band that are already stratospheric somehow in a weird way. Mm. And it's just a bit fucking bizarre. Like, what? I mean, lyrically it was dreadful in the verse, but I was like, well, okay, this is an okay melody. But then the chorus, he starts, like, he kind of rips off Danny O'Reilly. Because they're friends, vocally. man. Oh. They're well, the new- stuff very, where you can't quite figure out where he's from. And it's like, oi, 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 95. Yeah. yeah. It's very to, like that. He likes to mess with the vowels, all right. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever been guilty of that? Never. No? Never. You, you've been no a perfectionist from day one. I sound exactly like I do now, but <laughs> with melody. <laughs> I mean, you're allowed to do that. I mean, Bowie famously liked to kind of contort his stuff. And Some this people can really sound completely Bowie. different when they sing that. I've yeah. no problem with that, but it doesn't feel natural. It doesn't feel real. These songs don't feel like they're about anything. And maybe someone was like, hey, maybe you should write a song about a special girl. So he talked about her throwing up. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't mention, like, a su- you know, having a moment looking into a Supermax snack box or something. Like, it's very... That You'd kind have of to song. clear that with the, with the branding, <laughs> though. Probably. Sure. They'd is, be on board. Is that romantic, though? Holding your girlfriend's hair back? Is I feel like it's a cliche of like, Eva oh, what a nice guy, head. isn't it? <laughs> mm. There's that in a lot of terrible TV shows. Where From the nineties, like, a lovely guy he held yeah. my hair. I don't know. I it's don't a bit gross. It. <laughs> it's gross. It's 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 imagery that we don't want. But then again, you know, it's provocative enough, I suppose. So fair play to them. It's trash. They suck. This band are fucking dreadful. Like dreadful. Like, <laughs> nope. like so bad that it's just. I can't get over it. All right, now for something completely different. <laughs> Key West. So I promise not to love you And I vow to let you go This is my love letter Telling you you're just a home And I swear I'll never speak your name Cause you don't exist This is just my love song Telling you you're such a bitch But it's okay It's okay Because I never loved you anyway That was I Never Loved You Anyway, um, which sounds very much like of Monsters and Men, I found. Now, this was less objectionable for me because I think it sounded more generic and there was no Danny O'Reilly impersonation, so I could kind of just tune it out a bit. But you, you thought it was even worse somehow. Well, it's, it's, it's borderline misogynistic is what it is. I mean, like, if you look at the way that they even, they even previewed this on their Facebook page when they posted about it, they put up, like, for anyone who's been cheated on, because it was in blocks, lied to yeah. and screwed over... This one's for you. I never loved you anyway. And the video is about like some kind of weird. I don't know. It looks like there's some kind of domestic violence thing or something going on. But the lyrics. Holy shit. The lyrics. This is my love song to you about how you're a bitch or something. Bitch? And like yeah. calls her a hoe. And no Irish white guy with a fucking acoustic guitar should be like using the word hoe and trying to like filter it Corona style as well. Mm. Do you reckon this may be a an attempt at like dangling the carrot in front of potential remixes being? Giving them the opportunity to use that one line. What is the line about the the hoe line? Which I I, can't I did have to listen back to it a million times to yeah. make sure I was I hearing. I found myself just getting increasingly upset by it. It's basically about you know he says you know you can go off with your ten men or something. Mm. This is very that's horrible. Yeah. But it it's like matter. something you'd say like some nineteen thirties going. Yeah, it's it. really <laughs> fucking like it's it's such a bizarrely like out of. It's tone deaf. Like it's 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 out of step with how we're supposed to be kind of moving forward. And I guess I guess the singer got his heart broken. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter because he never loved her anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> do you know what? I think he doth protest too much. Mm. <laughs> I think he cared. 
You I reckon? Agree. Yeah, that's you, my hot take. You calling <laughs> them a liar? Do you oh, think yeah. he got hurt? Do you? I think so. Man. Okay. Well, it's, it's no this summer, but you know, it's <laughs> horrendous. And I mean, again, we're shooting fish in a barrel here. But again, I'm just I'm bemused. I'm I, I, I I'm particularly bemused for like their fans. I saw people in the comments, girls, being like, "So glad you finally released this one. I love yeah. it at your live shows. Really, you love this fucking shaming, nasty, bitter, entitled, kind of misogynistic song, do you? Just keeping it real, mate. Why? I don't know. Let's do songs of the week. Oh. <laughs> right, we had to get that out of our system because we spent the fucking week listening to it. Yeah. <coughs> okay, up first, Craig. Um, will we do numbers? Yeah, why not? All right. Very tired this episode. Sorry, it's probably coming across. Well, do you uh, just give me a number and I'll, I'll... four. This is Cassie featuring G Easy. <laughs> Love a loser. Your beloved Cassie. She's back. Yeah, she's back. Unfortunately, I got a side order of g Easy. I mean, I like what she does on this. Um, I like the kind of alliteration and the kind of syllabically, you know, satisfying thing on the chorus. Um, she's got a great voice because she has that kind of... She's very alluring but also evasive. She kind of seems... Ne- she's never quite bothered <laughs> about what she's thinking about, which I like. She's got this kind of liquid thing about her. Why is G easy on this? It, se- it sounded like it was too slow for him, and he yeah. kind of wanted the beat to pick up in order to fit in those. And he just keeps talking and mumbling when he's done. Yeah. I'm just like, get off this track, mate. <laughs> I don't know. He just completely he's ripped Drake's style as well, hasn't he? I've never heard him before, but I guess he's a big deal. He seems to crop up on other people's. He songs was on a Britney a Spears song a while ago, I yeah, believe. and I think he's got an album maybe but he's definitely a big major label guy that they're wheeling out for features he's just feels very cynical he's been one of those rappers that you see a lot of kind of online a a lot of oh yeah this isn't rap well he comes up and he croons (laughs) he's a crooner i don't know but i've seen i've seen a lot of stuff online where um kind of the african-american community are saying he's just another white dude that's kind of co-opting our style and not being very talented with it but somehow getting ahead because he's just a good looking white boy that'll happen yeah that will happen um so that was a bit disappointing but uh the production was kind of all right i mean center stage was cassie's voice she just doesn't seem that bothered releasing stuff i mean it's a shame because she's really really good and yeah it's just kind of like oh cool there's a new cassie song oh okay it sounds like she did in five months another uh, three years before we hear she's the jai paul of whatever her Mm. own kind of signature stamp is what do you think dave i liked it uh i'm not really that into this sort of music but i did get a uh a feeling about who she is i think she seems like a cool person yeah uh, I don't have very much to say about it because I don't know anything about this type of music. But is it easier to love a loser than lose a lover? Um, In your experience? Uh, yes, it is definitely. Wait, wait, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I don't think I understood the question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to Jesse Ware and Midnight. Maybe I want to 
Uh, this song I found very boring. I found the song very try hard. I think she's normally quite good, but this seems like let's just try everything. And it's too anthemic. It's it's a bit of Florence, isn't it? Yeah. Well, there's a bit of wailing. Although I enjoyed her kind of stretching range. I thought that kind of added a bit of emotional heft to proceedings. I kind of prefer Jessie Ware when she's almost doing the Cassie thing when she sounds not bothered because she makes it sound quite artful. This sounds a little bit like they wanted it to be on an ad. Yeah, I loved the first album, Devotion. Um, I didn't really spend much time with Tough Love, I believe, but by all accounts, it was you know more of the same in a good way. Um, but there's always the kind of suspicion with her that it's just stuff that maybe Mariah Carey did in the 90s. But it's, it's kind of like cheesy stuff from the 90s that is now kind of being dressed up as maybe a bit standoffish, so kind of slightly cooler. But it's actually not that far removed from just kind of, I don't know, pop music that we shouldn't be indulging in. Think, Dave? <laughs> yeah, I, absolutely. No, this again. I I don't know Jessie Ware. I I haven't heard her stuff previous to this, and this is the sort of stuff I feel very <clears throat> uneducated to even talk about. So it was just one of the songs I listened to maybe once or twice and threw it away. Threw it away. Threw it away. I yeah. mean, to be fair, it doesn't really grab you. I mean, I expected a lot more from this, and to the point when I was like, we should probably not do this song. But then again, you know, commitment. Cause well, it's, it, there is a bit of a switch up. Like the yeah, chorus kind of goes a bit like weird. Like Benny and the Jets stomp. Like that's why I don't like. like yeah, when it, it doesn't really it, work. It gets rhythmic. Yeah. It, just, it didn't need it. Yeah. She's much better when she keeps it really fucking simple. Nonetheless, back this week is an artist who I believe. Craig, Are we abandoning the numbers? Yeah. <laughs> do we do we abandon the numbers? We did. Sorry, I'm very tired. <laughs> you feel very done with this podcast. I I'm not <laughs> done with the podcast in general. I'm just done with the. Po- I, I'm very. There'll tired. There'll be some football songs coming. I up. I got two hours sleep. We'll I got two hours sleep the night before this, and then I got a good night's sleep last night. All right. And now I feel like I feel like an old man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I feel very tired. I'm sorry. It's probably Cullum is going to be ripping his headphones at it. Like, oh yeah, sorry. Why is Cullum Cullum is near because he just like, he went to like a family. He's gone to Cork. Yeah. yeah. He fucked off to Cork. Cork was calling. Yeah. So he's if Colm can't be bothered with the podcast this week, <laughs> then why should we? Destroyer is the Number act. Number three, please, Dave. <laughs> Number Destroyer three. is the act. The name of the song is Sky is Grey, and it sounds like this. Should have seen it coming. Should have taken care. Try pretending that anything was there. So that's Destroyer. Craig, who the hell is Destroyer? You've talked about him before, not on the podcast though. Um, Destroyer is a dude that's a Canadian chap that has been trying on various different kind of musical styles for about 20 years. Um, somewhat ironically, some of the time, um, but has really kind of found his niche mining a lot of very cool 80s type stuff um probably came to you know prop a lot of people's attention with kaput which was about six years ago now he's had an album since a couple of years ago which i didn't get into um oh, but was, great. was it really okay yeah. so I've, that's one i've missed poison poison season poison Se- okay i'm yeah. gonna have to check that out um but he's back and as good as ever like i, I really like his stuff yeah i loved yeah. it he's got that weird vocal style he d- he does he sings usually you know, people try to put on an American accent when they sing, but he's, uh, well, he's Canadian, isn't he? Putting on this kind of grandiose English accent whenever he sings yeah. and everything sounds very, you know, beautiful. Even if he's saying the bride's just pissed herself or whatever the line is in the song. 
Um, yeah, it's very arch. Like he, he can pull yeah. that off really well, kind of like a Sparks type thing. Yeah, I, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I'd say he's a, a big Bowie fan. That definitely comes out in Poison Season. Yeah, the songs that directly resemble some of Bowie's earlier stuff. Um, and yeah, he wears it on his sleeve from time to time, but still has this kind. His, his band are incredible as well. I guess they are destroyer. He is destroyer. I'm not sure, but he has is uh, one of the greatest live drummers I've ever seen who uh, produced and mixed this record as far as I know the yeah. album is called Ken which should be coming out in October um, he's got a trumpet player and a saxophone player who play off each other like best friends they just like constantly sound like they have such a great time when they play and he stands at the front of us like the angel of death he doesn't <laughs> care, sunglasses on his face even when he's in a studio doing a session but uh, he's a funny guy, Yeah, I search out interviews of him Dan Behar is his name and he's it's like pulling blood from a stone yeah like I I believe that Ken album like the title itself was taken from a kind of discarded title for the Suede song The Wild Ones which mm-hmm. he's big into and he's talked about this new album being influenced by Suede and like the last years of Thatcher and stuff like that so he's like a big Anglophile but he somehow he makes it work I don't know if he does really you're not a fan no I, I, I think he is voice is irritating and oh, like okay. it's and well it's, like, it's marmot yeah plus also I'm, I'm only after remembering it now it just jogged my memory in 2009 right he <laughs> he had a project with spencer krug i think of wolf parade and it was called swan lake yeah swan lake they've got a song called spider <clears throat> it might be the single worst song ever made by anybody ever he has some definite it is, skippers it is it, yeah. like arrestably bad he should have been in prison for that song <laughs> it's appalling and that's where I kind of remember the voice from, and I'm like, oh yeah, I don't know. On a Could scale points. of one to ninety-five, what would you give it? Oof, the year that that guy came alive. Um, you say, <laughs> a scale of one ninety-five, it's it's a solid fifty-two. Right, so but it's uh, half as good as picture this. Sure. Wow. Uh, well, picture this. They operate under their own level, man. That's true. Kaput is a great song. This mm-hmm. one just didn't really hold my attention, and I felt like it was it was too scattershot and too much going on. And then I'm after remembering that song, Spider, and now I just feel quite sad. Can we talk about the national, please? Uh, yeah, we can. Number two, you say, Dave. <laughs> this is Karen at the liquor store. I wasn't a catch. I wasn't a keeper. I was walking around like I was the one who found dead John Sheeva. Pain and glove. So blame it on me. I really don't care. It's a foregone. Conclusion At seven stations And on invitations You'd fall into rivers With friends on the weekend Corinne, the liquor store, I believe, is how he pronounces it Well, it is his wife, so he probably knows Is uh, it his wife? Yeah, okay. I believe so um, But yeah, um, this is kind of A bit more familiar Considering the last two cuts we've seen off the up- Or heard off the upcoming album Have been, you know, a bit sonically different And I mean, get kind of effects-laden guitar solo aside, this is your kind of traditional, wistful, national course, piano national. thing, yeah. You could even say bog-standard national song. It's a fine, bit, it's fine, but it's a bit of a letdown after we've heard up until now off the new record, and I guess they need to kind of have that. They need to kind of like tap back into their signature style. It's grand, like it's, it, like, but it's every national song that you've ever heard in your life. They're a band I feel like I have to defend a lot to people who've never been able to get into them. Increasingly so, I would say, yeah. considering the success and the kind of rise Absolutely, of them. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And it just seems like they're veering dangerously towards the centre of the road for me. Um, 
he doesn't he doesn't seem as pushed anymore. He doesn't seem to be able to emote or perform it in his voice like the way he did off say alligator boxer. Um yeah, I feel I feel quickly falling out of love with the national each each attempt. Well, particularly on this, they don't seem to settle into a correct like tone or something. There's something slightly off where uh, as it gets to the chorus, there's no it feels like there's a lift off coming and then it's just all under slightly underwhelming. Yeah, it's undercooked for sure. Yeah. I mean, like I kind of fell in love with the National on the last record, and I the two tracks off this one kind of brought me back in a little bit. And I thought the performance of Glastonbury was quite good, even if Matt Berenger was out of his mind. But you kind of expect that possibly sometimes. Uh, yeah, this just feels phoned in. It feels like someone gave him National lyrics to sing, and mm. they're like, "Just do the thing that you do." And he did it, and it's fine. I wonder if there's a little bit of a hangover from doing his own Elvi, Elvi, Elvi. Yeah. yeah. So maybe coming back to National Camp, he doesn't want to be there. Perhaps not. Well, this might just be a kind of touched, you know, them touching base with their you know, roots or whatever, because the other stuff we have heard is more promising and it does seem like they're a bit more engaged. So hopefully this is just, it might just kind of settle mm. in nicely somewhere. Yeah. Number one, Craig. The horrors are back again. The horrors are back again. Something to remember me by. Uh, it's very, very, very good. They've gone all human league. Yeah, yeah. I love it. They're kind of like a goth hot chip on this. That's it's great. Uh, there's a radio edit, but you know, I, I like the six minute plus version. Yeah, fly spy. But they've, they're really good at that, though. They've often been good at that, where like, even like tracks like moving further away and kind of uh, I see you. Like they're just very, very good at kind of keeping the, like the kind of the attention and, and the pace and the rhythm going. Uh, I'm so hyped for this record. I think it's going to be fucking great. They're just such an essential band for me, and I don't think they're ever going to kind of get out of their level. They're never going to break their own particular gas glass ceiling. But like, yeah, this was tremendous. I think I like I, is I think Faris is really underrated. I, I think he's a lot more kind of flexible than a lot of people give him credit for. His voice seems to be getting better as well and more versatile, I think. Yeah, I it's it's effects laden on this one, for sure. Yeah, of course. Um, and they are, I mean, seeing them live and they were good, but they really do know how to use that studio well. Um, but their songwriting, like the, the last couple of songs we've heard, it's very strong. It seems like every album they're getting better at just the kind of nuts and bolts thing of like the meat of the song. Um, because when Primary Colors came around and they just left that whole, you know, schlocky um, B-movie horror kind of a garage rock thing behind it was you know it was great they moved on to kind of slightly cooler influences but it sounded like they were just being like oh we've got some cool influences the last three records now they sound like their own, own band and getting more comfortable with that so yeah it's fantastic i think they're a very stylish band mm. i think in terms of what they do in the studio is definitely very uh on the nose where the influence is on the sleeve this song i like this song uh however i do feel it's like destroyers kaput junior I don't think he, they do it as well. I think his voice is actually... I think he, he misses the point altogether. He doesn't... Sa- I don't think he sounds apt, or I don't know if that's the correct word, but he just doesn't seem to be able to do that sort of yacht-rocky, humanly <laughs> cocaine sort of music. 
Are you um, saying he needs to do more cocaine? I think on th- a yacht. I think <laughs> I think this guy needs to do just a little bit more cocaine, <laughs> and then we'll have something to remember him by. But uh, yeah, for me, it's very uh, well done. Thank you very much. <laughs> I think um, I think it's good. I I like how they have changed their colors so many times. They did the whole we've we listened to my bloody Valentine thing, releasing an album called Skying. Then you know previously I wasn't a big fan of the sort of like you say the vampire Transylvanian indie pop or whatever you want to call it that they were doing but uh, at least they were doing something at least they had a, a a dartboard to aim for and it was a little bit different but this uh, yeah this is it kind of doesn't do it for me but it's uh, I, I, I somewhat admire what they're trying with it that's fair enough yeah. I mean you know we're a podcast all about different things mm. And at the start of the new... Here, here. <laughs> I feel like one thing that unites us all, though, as gentlemen gentlemen of the road, you might say, is... What? Football, <laughs> mate. Gentlemen of the road. I was doing a thing. It okay. D- didn't work. I'm very right. tired. So, here's how it's going to work. We're going to take a listen to the Match of the Day theme tune right now. Yeah, so um, to explain what we did, <laughs> essentially, um, we voted on our top five best football songs and our top five or bottom five worst football songs, and then totted them all up, so as I did, assigned them points, and then there was some ties, and it got very complicated, and around Wednesday, Dave was like, why are you taking this so seriously? And I was like, I don't know, man. I'm unemployed. <laughs> Hang on a second. When you say a football song... What does that constitute? Right? Oh, yeah, this, this is a very good question. I'm Thank glad you, you asked yeah, it. I'm glad I asked so it as well. So it can be a song that has football at its heart, at it, as its theme, <laughs> or it can be a song with someone from football involved in it. Okay. All right? Okay, so, so, parameters. so we had a wide scope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, Eve looks really upset. <laughs> there was there was a vote for Elvis's A Little Less Conversation because it was in that NICAD round. What World, World Cup was it? 2002? 2002. Yeah. Okay. But unfortunately... Craig disqualified it. I disqualified it. I um, just think think of that song. You know, what do you think of? You the think guy's in the cage. First goal that. wins. I think go of home. Ocean's Eleven. You would think of Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. All right. Let's go with the worst football songs of all time first, will we? Yep. All right. Own goal, mate, as I've uh, headed it. Very good, very good. At number five. At number five, it's the supergroup England United featuring the Spice Girls, Ocean Colour Scene, Space, and Echo and the Bunny Men <laughs> doing parentheses, <laughs> how does it feel to be, close parentheses, on top of the world. Where do you start? What an absolute banger. The year was 1998, um, and this was like the third England song that was the official one that no one talked about because it was crap. Height of the Spice Girls' power, what could have possibly gone wrong? Space. They were there as well. 
Ocean Colors. Yeah. How are Embrace not involved here? That's what I want to know. I just want to tell you at the time, Chris Evans said, it is a good pop song, but you can't sing it on the terraces. You can't really get your teeth into the lyrics. Which He's is got rare a point. criticism. He's got yeah. a huge got fucking a point. point. I mean, yeah. like, like, it's got to be, you know, like it's, it's, like a, it's like a wrestling show, you know? Sure. I mean, it was, it was predominantly written, I think, by Echo and the Bunnymen, who'd just come back with a, something of a, like, you know, back from the dead, top 10 UK hit with nothing lasts forever. So this feels like a really kind of like by numbers, by committee song where it was like, okay, we'll get the Spice Girls just to sing a bit because they're, Stave says, the biggest thing on the planet. But we need some like indie cred because it's Britpop and shit. So we'll get Ocean Colour Zine and yep. Echo and the Money Men. Yep. They still uh, have careers. Yeah. I love, there's one particular line or maybe a sentiment running through the entire song, mm. which is that, you know, these sort of things are supposed to rile the fans up, get the fans believing. And all they can muster is... It's looking like it's gonna happen. It's the <laughs> lyric, rather than "It's gonna happen." We're gonna be the. We're gonna be on top of the world. It's like it looks like we're gonna be on top of the world, yeah. guys. That's kind of a characteristic of a lot of English mm. football songs, as we'll see later on these two lists. But so, I, how did England's dreams? I end was going to say. I was gonna say it lo- it's looking like we're gonna get knocked out in the second round when David Beckham gets sent off against Argentina, oh, and then yeah. we turn him into a national hate figure and burn effigies of him for fouling Diego Simeone? Diego Simeone. That's mm-hmm. right, the lovable current, rogue, current Atletico <laughs> Madrid manager they lost on penalties if yeah. I recall correctly David Batty and maybe Paul Lynch missed a penalty David Batty particularly missed I think the it was a important one. high class entertainment in the Hanwardy household that, that evening I'll yeah. tell you but in great news for England it kind of announced Michael Owen on the world stage and um, oh, he didn't did. let it go to his head yeah. at all no he did not he's back in the news speaking of films reviewing films yeah. he uh, thought Heat was rubbish but preferred Ghost let's do number four it's Heavy D and Sunny Green nope mean heater Gooners and we're gunning now, Heavy D was on Celebrity Big Brother. I recognise him from the video. I have to say, yeah. How did he become a celebrity? Because of the phenomenon that is Arsenal Storage fan. Wars. Oh, yeah, sorry. Arsenal, Arsenal, fan. <laughs> <Storage> <laughs> Arsenal fan TV. Yeah. Now, Tapley. Yes. As the resident Arsenal aficionado. I also loved that season of Celebrity Big Brother, I'll have you know. Didn't see it. It was incredible. Tell us about well, it. was in the house. Uh, Stephen Bear from uh, Just the Tattoo of Us, I believe, and Love Island and all these sorts of things. Uh, he won. You don't know Stephen Bear? Stephen Bear? I don't know. No, news. Stephen Bear? Okay. <laughs> it was pretty low rent who was on Channel 4, but that move to Channel 5 really killed mm. it, didn't it? Uh, who else was on it? There was Renee Graziano, who has, uh, she was one of the mob wives on the television show Mob Wives. Um, she had, I have to admit, has so many phrases that have entered my lexicon from watching her incredible performance on Celebrity Big Brother. Uh, which I'm not going to go into now because most of them are not even podcasts. Either. Can we get one of the phrases? Well, okay. She saw a, a guy whose name is Lewis Bloor from The Only Way is Essex or one of those sort of shows running naked in the um, backyard. He was pretty drunk, you know, had a couple of those celebrity Big Brother beers. And uh, someone came into the sitting room and said, oh, my God, Lewis is running naked in the back garden. Now, Lewis is a very handsome man. And all the girls ran to the front to see. And Renee stood back and she said, did you see his penis? 
And then when someone said, yeah, she said, was it pink? Like an Irishman? So we now colloquially refer to Irishmen as pink dicks. Ah. Yeah. So that's <laughs> lovely turn That's why I greeted you today is, hello, my pink dick friends. You didn't, ah. ba- you didn't bat an eyelid. Now I get it. Mm, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Heavy D, though. He says boom a lot. That was his He's thing. He's one of these, uh, you know, cues of us <clears> on the stadium <throat> to talk to Arsenal fan TV about how terrible Arsenal are doing. Yeah. And, you know, and how it's the end of the world. And here he is. We're fucked, fam. This lending, needed more troops, I think. This lending would have been on board if it had troops. Lending colour to a horrendous song. Arsenal are particularly bad with the old songs. Their fans are, by and large, uh, awful human beings. And the thing is, this song is, it's just, it's horrendous. It's so horrendous. It's not good. You can't defend it, can you? My first piece of writing in my notes here is this is my favourite song ever yeah. um, I also like the line it was line, after a bottle of Bex was it yeah, this was after a bottle of sweet Bex my favourite lyric in the entire song is Arsene Wenger shut it down sorry no I didn't even realise the note I made the reason I wrote this down is because what he says is Arsene Wenger oh they all say Wenger they all say yeah, Wenger they can't pronounce Wenger um, my favourite line is um, like we're on top of the league top of the league it's just like what yeah in November <laughs> so for like, one match because yeah. United have a match in hand or something. <laughs> yeah really rolls off the tongue the um, top comment <laughs> uh, on the YouTube video that I watched today was this is why other clubs hate us and I have to tend to agree it was fairly embarrassing well okay number three um in the 1980s, Liverpool were an absolute footballing juggernaut. And then the Anfield rap happened. Full <laughs> FC is hard as hell. United, Tottenham, Arsenal. Watch my list and I will spell. Because they don't just play, but they can rap as well. Liverpool, My idea was it to build Liverpool into a bastion of invincibility, you know, like. Alright, someone's listening to the Beastie Boys, I think. <laughs> Where'd start with this? So wait, are you putting the Anfield rap as like the death knell for this club's success? This was the soundtrack to them losing 1-0 to Wimbledon in the FA Cup final. They did a song for just getting to the final, not even winning it. Who do you support, Craig? Manchester United. Okay, so. <laughs> Absolutely. And United have had some bad songs of their time. It's they one are. of those things. Yeah. But this is particularly bad. I think this is like the most famous bad yeah. football song. I know you were saying when we were doing this, this you kind of wanted to avoid some of the obvious ones, but it felt like, well, how can we not talk about it? Like, I mean, we all put it in there because it was like, well, mm-hmm. look, it is, it is categorically awful. It's pretty bad. And it's been immortalized by the Anfield Rap podcast, Rap with a W. That's right. Which Very is also stuff. terrible and poisonous. When like the whole <laughs> the whole basis of this song is like just talking about the Scouse accent and being like, why don't the other players on the team that are from not from Liverpool have Scouse accents? And like it's just a comedy Scouse rap. How could it be good? How could it be good? It's not good. No. Let's have a better song. Oh, hang on, we can't because we're stuck in hell now. We're in we're in serious purgatory right now as we go to, to purgatory t- is Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, Paul Gascoigne's Fog on the Town. I find this the song makes me feel ill. Uh, yeah. So it's actually a cover song, right? It is. It, well, it's, yeah, the refrain is uh, Linda's Fern, I think. It's mm-hmm. a kind of yeah. a, a 
folky thing. Um, the opening, the opening lyrics is what get, like what gets me the whole time. It's just like eat, sitting in a what is it? Sitting in a chip snack shop, sh- eating sickly, sickly sausage rolls. Mm. Sickly sausage rolls. It's just upsetting. Yeah. We're not gonna, you know, it's it's just tough. I mean, Paul Gascoigne, God love him, he went for it. Yeah, he really did. You can't did. deny. It. Like, Even, he goes by Gaza for this release as well. <laughs> I sued him. Yeah, um, yeah, he was on top of the world in 1990. He was on top of the pops. Was he on top of the pops? This did this chart that high? I recall seeing him like kind of, you know, caterwauling around the studio for sure. Yeah, he he is really going for it. And there'll be another song we talk about where he was also kind of involved in going for it. But just before <laughs> just before the refrain. <laughs> He, he says sing every every time he gets to it, right? But he says it in a really, like, he just goes, sing. <laughs> like, it's just like, my bit's done, sing. <laughs> Which is kind of great. Um, okay, number one. How could you get much worse? This is... It's much more recent. This is sensational. It's Reading FC, and we are the Royals. Is she like married to the chairman or something? Does someone, <laughs> is that true? That's a rumor, right? Well, the singer. How the fuck did this happen? Is it not like the chairman? Like she wrote the lyrics for it or something? Or she did some? I don't know. But I, like, don't. I mean, this is a really bad Eurovision song for Reading. Yeah, the most boring mm-hmm. football clubs in the world. What the fuck? And the rap. <laughs> <laughs> the rap comes out of nowhere. Jeez. You're already like this is <laughs> bizarre, but yeah. Um, when I guess that chorus, man, I'm like I'm lolling. I someone <laughs> sent me this on Twitter, right? Because I put out the call, and fucking hell, my speakers disconnected when the rap started. But can you not sing it in the stands? You know what I mean? You go on, give us a go there. I'm not even gonna attempt to do it, <laughs> but because I don't support Reddit. They call us the Nice. Yeah, I mean the songs, lyrics so. are actually quite you know there's a lot of bloodlust there and it gets quite like warlike. Yeah, it does. Um Again. especially because it's redding. Yeah, to remind us all it's redding. <laughs> With our might we'll defend the glory of redding. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> <laughs> and they keep talking about rising to the challenge, like it gets very eye of the tiger at times, but it still has this kind of very, you know, family friendly pop sheen to it. Every now and then over the years I will come up with a headline that I want to see on the back of a tabloid. A football pun headline, if you will. Yeah. And I'm always disgusted when no one ever takes my ideas that I put out there into the mm-hmm. air. Years ago, Liverpool were knocked out of the FA Cup, I believe, by Reading. Yes. In one of the early rounds. And I thought that the headline should have been Liverpool fail Reading comprehension. Oh, never happened. I like, I like it. it. I like thanks, it. Thanks, thanks for some it. of my favorite lines. I'm just going to read out because I have them down. Uh, getting ready to shed our sweat. Which is just a great line. Gross. Taking a shower, I think that means. Our blood is blue. <laughs> our wings are white. It means they're dead. And <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Going to heaven. Yeah. The worst. They're terrible. It's officially song, the worst. This song upset me. But at least Reading now finally top some sort of table <laughs> and come in at number one in the own goal mate top five worst football songs as voted for by Craig. Fantastic. How about It's a Screamer, the top five best. Where do we start, man? Uh, do you want to take this one? I will. I'll take this one because this is a strange one. Popular German artist Xavier <laughs> Naidoo. 
Thank you. <laughs> Had a song in 2006 for the 2006 German World Cup team, and appropriately enough, it's called Danke. Sebastian Schweinsteiger, selbst wenn er fällt, spielt er den Ball weiter. Wer soll dich stoppen? Jetzt geht's erst los. Übernimm das Spiel und stell den Gegner bloß. And yo, we can't forget Pierre Merzesacker. Du machtest manchen Stürmer zum Kofferpacker. Hast den Job erledigt und dich so verewigt. Manch ein Gegner denkt bestimmt, dieser Mother Christoph. This song, couldn't tell you what you're saying, mate, but I love how he says it. It's a seven-minute piano ballad. It's wistful, it's melancholic, it's heartfelt, it's triumphant. And, at one point, I guess because how else was he going to make it work, he just switches to English and says, and yo, we can't forget Per Mertesacker. Yeah, you can't. You it's really great. Can't. He's stringing those, those names in. I don't know how well he's doing because I don't speak German, but all I know is I was moved. I was moved by the 2006 German World Cup team. They were great. I mean, maybe the German just gives it a kind of, um, I don't know. Gravitas. Gravitas might be the word, but also the kind of, you're disconnected enough from the cheesiness to be like, oh, let's just let it kind of wash over you. There's something quietly... He goes with it, though. The way he wraps his... his dignified about it. Yeah, the, the way he wraps his vocals around, like, uh, Mikhail Balak. Mm. Like, he, like he, he makes that sound onomatopoeic. Yeah. This is poetry, my friends. Are we sure that this wasn't supposed to be in the own goal? <laughs> As we, you know, as we progress through this list, I mean, there were times during the week as I was talking about points, I was just like, which list am I looking at now with all these titles? Look, uh, okay. Well, you know, no better, no better way to indicate that than our next, our number four, which again, oh, I, hold on, hold on, hold I can't, on. I can't believe that this, this is even a thing. But you're very married to this. I love this song. This is Kevin Keegan's "Head Over Heels in Love." I actually really like this song. Um, I mean, right, Kevin Keegan can't sing. Let's just get that <laughs> elephant out of the room here. He can sing. His voice is really weak, but I kind of like that. About, it's really something so pathetic about it that makes me so sad. And because Kevin Keegan is a bit of a pathetic figure anyway, um, <laughs> I just loved the attempt at Gil- Gilbert O'Sullivan with a George Harrison guitar solo in the middle of it. It was... Really, really moved me. But um, he's on a league of their own, and they're laughing at him. Yeah, this sad old man. Yeah, but, but at the time he did it, he was on top of the world. That's true. I mean, he was he was uh, playing his trade in Germany and winning kind of European Football of the Year. Um, I think he won two of them, and he? he was like considered one of the best players in the world. So he decided, I'll have a pop career. <laughs> 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 That's what I'll do now. <laughs> um, and what I like about yeah, this is kind of quite sweet and like it's kind of quite catchy, and it's you know. He's falling in love again that's, with his beloved wife. That's now one of the going things. on forty-five years. It's not. <laughs> it's not a uh, frequent topic for a, yeah. for a pop song or a love song. And the opening line of it, I think, is the opening couplet: "Is you make me a stranger. That's what time can do." That's a brilliant lyric. Like yeah. honestly, <laughs> but I love thinking of. Kevin Keegan sitting there with a the pen and paper. I assume he didn't write this. No, but I love thinking of him <laughs> this musing over a piece of paper with his guitar, like Natasha Bedingfield, just trying to write the classic. This charted at like number thirty-one in England, right? Or in not the UK. high enough? Yeah, but in Germany, it mm. got to something like number twelve or something like that. So for his next single, he decided the song should be 
England. <laughs> <laughs> Go with your German. Like, what was yeah. he thinking? Yeah. Uh, that was the end of his pop career. It's a shame. He needed a Sven Galley to guide the way. He <laughs> yeah. thought he could do it alone. He, Sven like, he thought he could do it alone, like on the pitch, but he was wrong. God damn it. It's a, bit, yeah. it's a team sport, the he pop saw, music industry. It is. He saw that ABBA was one place higher than him in the end of the week's charts, and he just thought to himself, I would love it if we beat them. Well, one place higher than him in this week's chart is the greatest song of all time. Glenn Hoddle, that's Chris Waddle, that's Diamond Lights. Yeah. It's ears, not Hoddle and Waddle, it's Glenn and Chris. Your ears do Wisely. not deceive you, listener. <laughs> it's a beautiful piece of music. It really kind of captures the entire 80s spirit, the style of life, <laughs> the way that we would talk to each other. What pop music can really do, my friends, this one is one for the ages. They're like Wham with Edge. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I think this song is fucking five stars. <laughs> I think it's incredible. It should have been number one in this list. It's number one in my heart. It's amazing. It is very Why good. Is it? it's, it's ru- I love it. I lo- it I is love routinely it. slagged off on all these football countdown shows with nobody fucking comedians doing talking heads and making funny faces. They always go, ha, do you remember Glenn and Chris on top of the pops fucking being horrendous? And I'm like, no, that song is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I think it sucks. Um, but <laughs> God damn it. I love their... Um, Determination, anyway, you got to give them that. They've got determination. I read an interview with them, and they said uh, it wouldn't be surprised. I I wouldn't be surprised if someone did a cover version of it. Oh, who would be good to do a cover of it? Picture this: <laughs> two piece chromatics. Chromatics would do a great job. Yeah. <laughs> I really like this song. I also like the kind of genesis of it. Uh, Chris Waddle recalled the single coming about following an appearance uh, two of them made for their personal sponsors, Budget Rent a Car. <laughs> <laughs> The glamour of the of I'll concede, British football in the eighties. I'll like. concede that Waddle struggles a bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. Hoddle on the other hand, in the pocket, takes this ball and fucking boots it through the net yeah. into the next stadium where another match is being played. It goes through that net. Sure. Yeah, very much so. And also, just a lot of kind of to talk around this was that throughout their whole career, it was a lot of Hoddle being, you know. Bullish. <laughs> I'm now going to be a pop star. Like they're talking about when they're on top of the box. Have you seen that performance? I have. Chris Waddle yeah. looks mm-hmm. like it's his first day of school and he's scared. Yeah. Glenn Hoddle is owning that stage. Yeah. Yeah. And here's a Hoddle quote <laughs> about top of the pops. One of the greatest things I ever did. I'm glad I did it and I learned a lot from it. <laughs> well, he's not wrong. I learned no. a lot from it. <laughs> okay. What do you think, Hoddle and Waddle? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Roadhouse. We present to you. Oh, very oh, much. The last so. episode of Twin Peaks: The Return is Glenn Hoddle and Chris Hoddle on that stage. Brilliant, yeah. Epic television. Wow. Okay. Now we all know this one because it was everywhere, and for good reason. So that's David Baddiel, Frank Skinner, 
and your man off the lightning seeds. In Brody. With three lions. Uh. Now, you might say, lads, you're Irish. You can't possibly like this song. Brits out and all that nonsense. <laughs> and I say, let's all come together and be harmonious with a great chorus yeah. like this one. It holds up. I love how they, didn't they re-release it? And they changed 30 years ahead to 40 years ahead? Hmm. They re-released it a good few times. I think they do. They're going to have tournaments. to keep re-releasing it. So yeah. this is what happens when you get someone who can actually write a song, basically, I think. Yeah. And, you know, they try and make a, a decent tune. You know, it's got problems. It's got that, it's a very xenophobic video, particularly against the, Ger- the Germans. Oh, I forgot about that, yeah. But overall, you got to say it works. It does. It's also... It's party anthem. It's great because they recognise how ridiculous English football fans are and how, like, <laughs> the glory of 1966 is just getting further and further away. It's a, it just, there's a real sadness to it. Like 51 years away now. Yeah. Like, I really like Padil and Skidder. I, I remember listening to a podcast they did for the German World Cup in 2006, which is ages ago now. But, like, it concluded, obviously, with <laughs> England's exit. Well, it concluded with the rest of the tournament. But prior to that, England's exit and them sitting in a taxi, like, slightly, you know just kind of teary-eyed being like turning to each other and being like are we going to see England win a major tournament in our lifetime yeah. I don't think we will <laughs> and that sums up this song it's great they still believe though they do I enjoyed them on fantasy football I think Frank Skinner is a dick Dave I think Frank Skinner uh, I thought he was funny and then once we were on tour we didn't have an aux cable so no one could play music on their iPhones and the only CDs that were left in the van that was lent to us was this like comic relief Frank Skinner well I believe he was one of the comedians who was speaking at it or, yeah speaking at it <laughs> delivering comedy to the masses uh, and it was one of the most fucked up things I've ever heard in my entire for a charity event it was so fucked uh, so Frank Skinner yeah he kind of evolved into, the, into like the Jim Davidson of the modern era he's not he's far not off funny, uh, and, he's, no, and he's all he's, like controversial is it oh yeah I know comedians are supposed to be controversial but he seems quite mean spirited. I, d- I don't actually very, watch very his. Egotistical. I don't actually watch his stand up, but he does a radio show, which is like a f- afternoon kind of Sunday thing, and he's really funny on that because he tells like good anecdotes, and he seems like your kind of cool uncle because he can't go to like I'm being risque and I'm on stage. Listen, mate, I'm a cool uncle, and he hosts like he stuff on like the arts channel, and he's all uh, there's two sides to Frank. What stuff? And psychos screaming, yeah. I love it. I've sang twice now. The yeah. singer has only sang once. And That's you, true. And you haven't sang at all, well, mate. Maybe for our number one, it's New Order, World Emotion. Arrivederci, it's what I want. I want you to do the John Burns rap. Please. I can't remember the lyrics. You've got to get no, in but the it's, game. It's advice man. for life, really, isn't it? <laughs> I was thinking about how to describe the lyrics of this song yesterday. Now, when we were talking about it, myself and David, I think this is also a complete bum note. I think this song sucks. <laughs> somehow. I actually, you know what, I even put it in my list, so I think it was just out of fear. But it reminds me of... Because obviously all of the members of New Order don't watch or know anything about football because the lyrics in it. So remind me of, do you know when you go on holidays and you see football t-shirts or like skateboarding t-shirts and the text that's on the clothes has been clearly translated from English into right, Spanish right. and then back into English. It kind of seems like 
Bernard Sumner is singing things like, you know, do a goal, <laughs> take it one on one, find space. He tries to like find any phrase that can be have a double meaning, like find your space and one on one. But uh, I don't think there's any way to, even if you were, I, I actually think New Order probably mad into football. It doesn't sound like from this. They probably but, are. But I just don't think there's... Is there a way of getting that terminology into a kind of pop song and somehow change its meaning to... I'm I think this is as close as it here, gets. Yeah, I'm not really saying what, The footy song by Adam and Joe, I would say, maybe. Is, yeah, but that's know, quite... Yeah. This is a laugh. absolute tune, though. Mm. Football aside, this is like New Order at the height of their powers. I mean, that chorus is amazing. Mm-hmm. Can you think of a better chorus to any song? Any song? Right now. <laughs> Come on, day, but you sing do. it to me. <laughs> Diamond Lights by Glenn and Chris. All on the time. 95 by Fiction It's brilliant. It's such a good song. It was their last release on Factory Records, I believe, as well. Yeah. What a way to go out. Sure. Yeah. How could you they're, bother resending us after one. this? That was it. Yeah. They're only number one. They're only number not one. Blue Monday. Not True Faith? Nope. So hang on. Do you think it's the best New Order song? Is that what I'm hearing? No, it's not the best this New Order song. It blatantly isn't. It's, um, <laughs> but it's, it's the best but it's, New Order chorus. But it's a very it's a very good New Order song. Right. And for a football song, that shouldn't happen. It's great. I don't know. I'm unconvinced, even though it is the top of this list. But like... You know, this is my first ever podcast. Here, well, so. What do we think of the John Barnes rap? I think it's pretty funny. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good thing. Do you think he was stitched up? What do you mean? No. Surely they were like, this doesn't work. <laughs> well, it's on the song. <laughs> do you know how it went down? Go on. So were you there? It was nineteen. <laughs> it was nineteen ninety, and um, the English team were told, "Okay, we're going to be doing your song, so everyone go to the studio, yada yada." And they were like, "Oh, they're always crap, so we won't go." So like six players turned up. Mm-hmm. Um, John Barnes. Um, Chris Waddle, obviously, yes. because he was still clinging on to the dream. Um, Peter Beardsley and some of those, and they were like, oh, well, it's New Order. Maybe this will be good. So when they got to the rap thing, they didn't actually have a rap. So someone had to, they all had to audition to rap and then write a rap. Okay. And John Barnes got it. And I think the rap was written by Craig Johnston of Liverpool fame. But he's like South African or Australian or it something. But he just happened G-Z, to be there. Yeah. An academy player. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's dangerously close to, like, my name is John, and I'm here to say. But somehow it kind of goes with the... Like, the, it's cheesy enough to be endearing. It puts a smile on your face, and I think that's what this song does. That's a lovely sentiment, Craig. Do we think that, you know, the world of football needs to come back to this kind of shenanigans? Yes. Because it's kind of died out. There was one song that I was considering putting on my list, which I didn't because... Well, to be honest, it just wasn't on Spotify and I wasn't bothered finding it on YouTube. There was a guy... <laughs> the commitment. I know, right? There's a guy from Cork. His name is Andy something and the throw-ins. Or it has some sort of name like that. Yeah. And the song is just about Ireland going to the Euros and where everyone is in the world. And it's actually so catchy. I remember myself and my friend Ross were looking through a blog one day, an Irish blog, trying to listen exclusively to Irish music just to see what we can, if we could find anything new. And this was the one song, this Irish Euro 2016 hopeful anthem. Yeah. And it's such a tune. Uh, I'll tweet it. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter and I'll tweet it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we didn't have any Irish stuff. Like, we didn't have Put Them Under Pressure. Jackie August, Packy August, Cascarino. Yeah. Or um, what was the one that came out last year? Because we did, we did football songs last year for the Euros. There was a terrible Manic Street Preachers one. Come away! Come on, Wales. Yeah. Then the, there was the Irish. The official Irish one was horrific. Yeah, it was they kind always of a trad type thing, wasn't it? I think it was. Yeah, yeah. I can't even remember. You're probably going to go trad. Well, 
season's upon us, my friend. It is. I'm very excited. Who's going to win the league? Oh, Leicester City. <laughs> the Foxes. <laughs> the Foxes. Come on, the Foxes. They're so angry that they're not allowed in. Cut the grass the same way they used to, so they're just gonna. I'm gonna go the- with Reading for the championship or whatever. <laughs> they're in the championship, right? They are the Royals. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're on their own level. Yeah. Okay, uh, anything else to listen to this week, guys? Randy Newman's Dark Matter. It's well, great. Why is it great? His political. Okay, his l- lyrics. Are you really gonna lead with his political stances? Has it got the Putin song on it? Yeah, that's on that's it. Fucked up. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Cool. <laughs> I was listening to him going like. For, as much as I love Father John Misty, him his take on the state of the world, it's just it seems so juvenile compared to what Randy Newman can come up with. And that's no slight on Father John Misty. I just think he's a great writer. So check it out, guys. Yeah. That's it. Um I heard the new Grizzly Bear album today. <gasps> in advance. What? Oh my yeah. god, he's out, he's out, he's gazumped us. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And um, how does it sound? Yeah, ten thumbs up. It's it's really good. Um I only got one listen to it. It's kind of uh, similar territory as the last album, Shields. Loved it. Um, but I think they've changed their way so many times now. It's, um, yeah, it's not exactly the same. It's not. I'm not saying they're doing a doing a national on it or anything. No, but, um, <laughs> no, it's it's really good. Yeah, I think I'll be listening to that one a lot. Great. I mean, while I've been catching up on some Val Dunican. No, I haven't. Uh, <laughs> I really haven't listened to much else because I've been busy and tired. But I was listening to some Hans Zimmer again. Because I watched Inception while violently hungover the other day. Do you know how hungover I was, Craig? You watched Inception. Apart from that, <laughs> get this right. Went, got a haircut. I'm in the hairdressers, and I'm looking at my phone. Hungover. Very hungover. Yeah. The last place. I it was watched. the first. Yeah. It was the first thing I did on no food. Jesus okay. Christ. I met a friend of the show the night before for a few points. I was kind of doing name said friend. Uh, Michael Pope of the Galaxy, yeah. and I fucking bad influence that chap. If you listen, Mick, what up? Uh, yeah, had some cans in his after some points watching The Beach, Leonardo DiCaprio's it's romp. On Netflix now. Here. The Beach, yeah, yeah, there you go. So stumbled home, crashed out, woke up the next day thinking it was like nine in the morning. It wasn't. It was twenty past twelve, and I thought might go get a trim. So I had no food until about four that day. It was a very tough day. That was the night I went to see Batman Forever. So it was, it was, it was a hell of a fucking day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so in the middle of it all, I'm there in the hairdressers when I get my haircut, and I'm looking at my phone, I'm chatting away on Facebook Messenger to someone, and about ten minutes in I realise, this isn't who I thought I was talking to at oh. all. It was like a completely different person. What? Yes. I know. Right? And was Same anything said? Though, I guess, is that- Somehow, amazingly, I, nothing, nothing untoward was said. Uh. But I was like, well that's a new one. That's a bad state of affairs right there. So, say, I assume the person had the same first name. As- no, nothing. No, a different gender as well. You just like not. They very. They they both have a blue sky in their profile photo. Okay. I guess. Right. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Well, the cut looks pretty. Yeah. Fun, yeah. So let's be fair. Cut, let's mate, be. Let's that. be fair. It's grown back in Ten faster. Up. Yeah, it's good stuff. So yeah, you know that's the show. Um, <laughs> probably a really bad episode, but uh, I enjoyed it. What can you do? It's the best one I've ever been on. Well, we'll see what happens. Cullum. We'll see you down the road, my friend. <laughs> um, okay, so listen, as always, we Your close goose out. has been cooked, Colm. <laughs> Live show September 28th. Don't forget that. It'll be better than this. Closing us out this week. <laughs> New Irish music, as always. Uh, we were supposed to play this track last week, but Dahi, friend of the show again, gazumped this person. This person is named David Anthony McGowan, but he has a band. They're called Bodies. It was originally a solo project. It's now kind of expanded... And it's very interesting stuff, I must say. I must say. Both singles that they've released so far were formed as part of recording sessions with members of Overhead the Albatross, Squarehead, Kid Karate, Blooms, and Lethal Dialect, or as he's now known, Paul Allwright. So there's a planned EP coming out next year with what sounds like a cavalcade of superstars in front and behind the mic. So yeah. 
Here's a taste. The song's called I'm Waiting. My name is David William Hanrady. This has been No Encore. There will be No Encore. Thank you, gentlemen, for coming in. Thank, thank you, you. Much for having me. Yeah, yeah round of applause for our guest. Yeah, that's for you. That's for you, man. Enjoy Cheers, it. Thank you. I'm going to go get some sleep. Here's a song. Part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. 
Summer vacation, here we come. Yep, I packed the craft beers I got at Total Wine. Did you remember a bathing suit? No, but I did pack a bunch of summer wines. Whites, rosés, Zinfandels. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.